Yeah, telling me I am heavy and crispy on the voice doesn't really mean much. I know why you're so loud, but you're heavy and crispy on the voice. Because I'm in a different position than I usually talk. I usually have my, you know how like I can move my desk sideways and I like use it as like a standing desk versus like a sitting desk. Yeah, sometimes you talk in the missionary position, sometimes you talk in doggy stuff. Got it. If that's the way you want to word it, yes. Uh, so I'm currently using it as a standing desk. So it, I, I think the microphone is just significantly closer to my face than it usually is. I'll tell you what, I'm getting sick of the internet, Jeff. Why? What are we talking remember, about? Remember when we used to have like Rotten.com and shit? Yeah. I can't fucking listen to suicidal tendencies on YouTube anymore without it giving me a fucking help number. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> there's a part of me that there's a part of me that's like, you know, that's good that if you if you type the word suicidal into YouTube, you get a help number. Maybe not if you type in suicidal tendencies, you can't bring me down. So you know, just, just real quick. Speaking of which, I tried posting a thing on Instagram the other day, where I was calling uh, my buddy a creep because he like he's the guy I work with. He took a picture of me that I didn't know he took while I was, like, sitting at my desk. And he sent it in a group chat. And I took a screenshot of it and I put it on Instagram. And my post got flagged for using the word creep. Really? Like, I, like no, mind you, I was still allowed to post it, but I got this little warning saying, like, you know, your post is using words that are frequently, uh, I don't know, that are frequently reported. It's going to have a warning on your post. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't say the word creep? Okay, Facebook, pro-Tom York hates creep. I, I, <laughs> so stupid. I tried to look up, the other one was I tried to look up uh, cattle decapitation tour, tour dates on Facebook, and I got a notice that I might see some graphic images. <laughs> That's what reminded me of Rotten.com. <laughs> you might see some graphic images. Looking up cattle decapitation, <laughs> you might see some graphic images. That's amazing. I just want to know who they were going on tour with, uh, for the record, because I don't, I don't like cow decapitation, but I do like Dark Funeral. Oh, okay. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Jeff, and welcome to the Sound Judgment Podcast. Where every episode, we'll be discussing all of the important musical topics, from reviews to which member of Motley Crue is the most vile. I'm gonna judge the officials. I'm gonna judge all the judges. It's gonna take you people years to recover from all my opinions. Anyway, Jeff, what are we doing here tonight? Normally you ask me, but I'm just going to skip to asking you. I was going to say, you didn't give me a chance. I'm supposed to ask you that. I mean, I know what we're doing this time, because sometimes I genuinely have no clue. Yeah, sometimes it's a horrible surprise. And, uh, uh, I know you, what you we're might doing get this some, time. You might get some of that later on. but Oh, okay, I'm not supposed to be surprised. We have a theme. No, we do have a theme, and then at, at the end, uh, the, I might just, for a wrap-up. Oh, okay. Well, we're... because I literally, I literally can't do what have you been listening to lately? Because we're about to talk to about what I've been listening to lately. Well, we're about to talk about what we listened to last year. I guess this is the the wrap up of twenty twenty two. Yes. Well, uh, a lot of it I actually uh, have been refreshing myself with over the past couple of days. So it has been what I've been listening to lately. Yeah. So so have I in in a lot of cases, but not entirely. I I have been on a binging spree of a couple other things too. But just to refresh myself because I wanted to like make sure I remembered what my thoughts on some albums were. Um. Because I don't remember if you did this. I made a top ten albums of twenty twenty two. So it's funny because I actually forgot what my top ten albums were. 
over the past month. I actually had to go back and look, what did I decide were my top 10 albums of 2022? Which I think, first off, says something of, there's a few albums that I knew I absolutely loved, but then the rest are on here. Like, I think they're really good albums, but I don't think 2022 was a great year for albums that really stood out to me. Oh, God, thank you. I was, I'm so glad you said it first. Okay. Because I thought maybe I was just being, like, pessimistic about this year or something. No. I mean, because even, even though these are my top ten albums of last year and I didn't like these albums, not a whole lot of it showed up on, like, my Spotify wrapped of last year. Like, I didn't listen to a lot of these enough to be notable. Right. I have, um, I barely even took notes because I can... I I have my playlist up here. I have the actual new 22 playlist that I made oh, okay. as, the year, as the year went on. And I can look at them, a lot of these albums, and, and just like have the same thoughts I listened as when I listened to them the first time. I do have a few notes over here, but okay. um, I mean, most, I have... most of it, I, 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 most of the stuff I've been listening to, not that it's bad. I think a lot of bands that are stalwarts in like one particular style put out solid albums that... I enjoyed and am not going to put in like their best albums ever list. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like scrolling down the list, I can see Saxon put out an album. It was fine. I liked it. Uh, Haunt. We listened to them. We already talked about them. They didn't exactly break any boundaries with this, you know? Wolf yeah. put out a new album. It was good, but it sounded like a Wolf album. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> like yeah. that's the whole review. Yeah. Can I just say real quick uh, in, in, in a group chat I have, we're doing like a album review every two weeks thing. And my reviews of these albums are like essays. And mm -hmm. two of the guys in the group, their reviews are basically like, it was okay. I put it on while I was doing dishes. Five out of ten. <laughs> That's not a review. Like, you're saying nothing about this. Oh, it's making me so mad. But all right, so did you? So you, do you have do you have honorable mentions or? or well, anything? so I I have or, my uh... top ten. And then I have a couple others that didn't quite fit for, like, thematic reasons. Okay. So I don't know how you want to go into this. I can just, so I actually have, here, here, okay, so here. My top ten, most of them fit into, like, categories. Like, I have, like, genre-wise. Like, I have three albums that would be, like, EDM albums. Yeah. Two albums that are, like, synthwave and synthpop albums. So go figure, half of this is, like, electronic music. I also have, I'm just going to start here. I have a few albums that fit into the category of old, or at least older dudes who are still rocking. I love the Scorpions' new album. <laughs> Thank you. That is, that is absolutely one of them. Rock Believer by the Scorpions is legit. This is one of the albums that actually like made it into my like Spotify rap or whatever. This album is phenomenal. That's a, that was a good album. It's it's so it's it's literally fifty years after their first album, right? So we we listened to Lonesome Crow a couple years ago. I made you listen to it. That was released yeah. in nineteen seventy two. So in twenty twenty two, fifty years later, they release Rock Believer, which it's like it has a handful of like really standout tracks to me. One, there's a song called Seventh Sun, which is in the middle of the album, and it yeah. really feels like it could fit on Lonesome Crow. It's like borderline psychedelic and kind of nebulous. But it has sort of like some of the modern rock edge to it.
Yeah, I, I, I actually, um, that was one of the ones I went back through a couple days ago. That one oh, stood out to me. That's a cool so song. Good. Very the, cool album. And I also have to just, 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 I'll have to say, like, uh, for anyone who's ever going to question if they need to listen to this, if you ever liked the Scorpions, like, you're going to like this album. Klaus still sounds like himself. I was going to say, Klaus he, still sounds pretty good. Yeah, he sounds like himself. I mean, he's always had, like, a weird, like, open throat, nasally tonality to his voice, and he's always had some questionable pronunciation. But, yeah. like, he sounds the same for 40 years, basically. His voice has lowered in register a little bit. I was going to say, the only thing is he doesn't hit those highs quite the same. No, but, but he the, still sounds very, very good. The majority of his range is still the same. He sounds really great, and it's just a great, solid rock album. Yeah, like t- so. The song, um, so the song "Peacemaker" is, I, as far as I can tell, is like the the big song off the album that people seem to like. That could seriously be like top ten Scorpion songs of their entire career. It's right. fantastic. So. If the Scorpions decide to retire, I want them to do it now before they risk before they risk releasing an album after this that isn't good. You know what I mean? I want yeah. them to go out like with a bang. Um, yeah, that was that would that would be a good time to do it. Another old rock dude. Tony Martin. Tony Martin, yeah, yeah. Thorns is is a is a pretty cool album. So I did not know this actually until I was reading about this just a little bit ago. I didn't know he only has three solo albums. I know he's not. He doesn't put out a whole ton of music. Yeah, he does a lot of like features, I guess. If anyone doesn't know, Tony Martin is the probably least loved singer of Black Sabbath, and I think he's kind of underrated. But his stuff kind of had a little bit more of a power metal or hair metal feel to it. Um, and his solo stuff, or at least this album, goes way more in that sort of power metal direction. Yeah, yeah. So the album, the when he was with Black Sabbath, it was when they were like using synths and stuff as well. Like it's not the Black Sabbath people think of when they think of Black Sabbath. Let's face it: if you think of Black Sabbath, you're either thinking the super doomy Aussie era, or like the Dio era. Right. The Tony Martin era is like this brief period in like what I guess the late '80s, early '90s, something like that. Something I, like that. So I think though, if you if you look at actual time spent with the band, he's their longest running singer. Um, just a note while editing, that is not actually accurate. Tony Morton is the second longest running singer for Black Sabbath after Ozzy. Uh, I think I just kind of think that sometimes because his like total tenure with the band is about as long as Ozzy's initial run. And I always forget how long Reunion Black Sabbath was actually together uh, because they were inactive for most of the reunited period. Oh, are you serious? Um, I, I, not... I've never like st- stopped to look. Because I know he has, I think he has four albums with them. I don't think I realized. Now, how about in years? Okay, well, here's the here's the thing. He left for a while, and Dio came back, and then Dio left, and he came back. Oh, so it is. It is. Uh... So there is a breakup. But he was he he started in '87, put out three albums, uh, and then in 1992 Dio came back, and then he left in 1993. Tony Martin came back and put out two more albums with them. So he has like five albums with them. Interesting. But anyways, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to do head math right now, but it, he has a longer stint with the band than most people realize. Interesting. It's unfortunately just overshadowed by the other two uh, way more famous singers. Well, yeah. And I, and in all fairness, again, like I think because, because he's not what people want when they're thinking Black Sabbath. Right. But, 
the album. But this is a cool album. Is phenomenal. He his voice again. He sounds great for his age. I think his voice shows a little more than Klaus's does, but I think his voice sounds great. He yeah. does have that thing that older guys get when he's in like the mid high range of his voice, and he goes to hold out a note. He gets that like old man warble sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the song. Uh, uh, Black Widow Angel, if you want to go check it out, around like 35 seconds near the end of the line. Like, he holds out these lines, and you get that sound going on. Right. Uh, not a great sound, but ultimately he sounds great. My issue with this album is the song This Is Your Damnation. What the hell is this song? This is the one that sounds like it's trying to be Devil Went Down to Georgia, maybe? Oh, okay. It's like supposed to be fun and kind of funny. I, I don't really understand. First off, even in the choruses when he's singing, I think it's his weakest vocal performance. And the rest of it is that, like, spoken, not quite rap... But I'm gonna do it over a rock song thing. Just kind of, just kind of talking over the. I don't understand. Yeah, it's a yeah. bad song. It's yeah. a bad song, but it's a cool album. It's a great I'm, album overall. Out of eleven, you get one bad one. Yeah, I'll take it. I think you get one bad one. Um, I have one more old dudes rocking. Do you have anything else to tag in here before I give one I got, more old dudes rocking? Well, I got an old dudes rocking. Saxon uh, was a gr- put out a really good album. Put a really I'm not sure album. I listened. I'm not sure I listened to it at all. I've never. You, I was never a big Saxon fan. I don't think. No, but you. We listened to um, the solo album uh, of the singer a couple years ago. We did. We did. What's his name? Shut up. <laughs> Edit that out and just like have it look like you said the name immediately. Yeah, Biff Byford. That's it. It's a great name. Why do I keep forgetting it? I don't but yeah, know. yeah, we did. Okay. I think his voice kind of sounds the same as the solo album a couple years ago. He's got he's got the old man rocking voice, but. There, there's some good old man rocking on here. It's not their best work uh, by far, but like, it's not bad. I mean, I can't, I can't complain that they're still going at it and still putting out, you know, something decent after however many fucking decades of music. That's yeah, absolutely. Nin- I mean, 1976, and they're still going. Wow. Okay. Yeah, they're they're pushing 50 years then. Yeah, they're another seventy nine, but they but they've been around since seventy six. But they're another know, band music. that's been around for almost fifty years. Yeah. Um. All right, more old dudes rocking Stradivarius. I didn't listen to this one. Stradivarius released an album called Survive, and I mean, okay, like so. Disclaimer here. Let's be honest. Stradivarius are one of those bands that I just kind of obsess over their entire discography. Not that any of their discography is like top five albums of all time, but I love every album they've ever put out. They're one of those bands that I just kind of get fixated on, and I have to obsess over, like, the lineup changes. It's like, to me, they're the same category as White Snake, Deep Purple, Scorpions, that kind of thing. Um, so, like, Stradivarius have, like, these definitive eras. There's the early Timo Tolki entirely run era. It's the Timo Tolki show, right? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, they add... Uh, Timo Cotapelto on vocals, and they added, uh, is it Jens Johansson, or does he do the Y sound? 
Jens Johansson. I actually don't know. And I do this every time. And I've even looked up interviews with him, and I always forget which way he says it because I'm a jerk. Um, so, like, in 1994-95, they had, like, a pretty major lineup change. And then we're currently in, like, the post-Tolkien era. He left. He's no longer writing. He's no longer playing guitar. He's hasn't been singing for 30 years. Um, we have a new bass player. Like, you know, whole whole new bass player, new guitar player, uh, Matthias Kupianen. God, these Finnish names kill me. Um, <laughs> but it's typical Stradivarius. It sure is a Stradivarius album. And until they decide to go full, like, Sonata Arctica on us and totally change their style, or God forbid Timo, like, loses his voice, I'm just going to continue loving what they do because it's just that it scratches a certain itch, you know? Right. Um. So, like, Survive isn't their most amazing album in any way but i think one of the big things just some 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 track titles here survive we are not alone world on fire this album is very obviously influenced by world events and this album is frustratingly optimistic sounding in typical stradivarius style <laughs> and it was like a really welcome uh, a welcome change from how miserable almost everyone else's music has been. That's pretty fair. It's just full of like chaotic, po uh, positive energy, and it was just a it's just a good time. That's awesome. That's good for them. Maybe the next album will be their fucking Hammerfall infected. Speaking of Hammerfall, <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. Do you listen to Hammerfall? No, not really. No. Uh, I mean, there were, there were another... I, th I think they're old dudes rocking. Is Hammerfall old dudes? I don't know. Look them up. Hammer, Hammerfall's old dudes, right? I don't know where we start the, the old dudes rocking phase, because 1993... I mean, they've been around for 30 years. That's getting up there. Yeah. Like, okay, Okay. so here's the thing. When I say old dudes rocking, they don't necessarily need to be old dudes, because like, I'm not saying these guys are all in their 80s. Okay. But like, doing... Hard rock music for thirty years as a band is pretty impressive. I'm gonna call them old dudes rocking. That's fair. Well, okay, then old dudes are rocking on Hammer of Dawn. Cool. We we like we like hearing some old dudes rocking. This is we do I do love some old dudes rocking, man. They did not put out a second Infected. This one's also fairly positive power metal, but they can put out another Infected whenever they're ready. Hey, as long as long as they're still releasing solid music, I'm quite frankly as long as they're still releasing music, quite frankly, I'll take it. Uh, any of these old dudes who are still rocking, like, I'll give them credit. Well, the, now that you've changed the way the game is played, half of my playlist is old dudes rocking. Well, I figure. Do you want to keep doing your old dudes rocking, or should I jump into one of my other genres here? Because I've got some, some mix-up bullshit here, because I'm me. Okay, well, I'll just I'll just run through some old dudes rocking real quick. Uh, Jesus, I still don't get Voivod after all these years. Sorry. Um, the new Crowbar is actually pretty good, though. Um, if you like sludge, Jeff, do you like sludge metal? Uh, yeah. How about the new Ramstein? Oh, okay. I was gonna say, where are we going? Um, I have listened to it. It, it's, it's, it's. Oh my god, I have no thoughts, Chris. One, two, three, four, five, six. Would you say that you relate to the sixth song down? Uh. I need to even look. I I remember nothing about. I'm gonna be honest with you. I remember nothing about this album. It 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 did not stick out to me. I forgot it existed until you said it. Actually, so hold I was on. hope I was hoping that you'd look it up and see that the track is called "Okay." Oh, son of a bitch. 
much. I was looking it up as you were saying that. <sighs> Why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I remember not being disappointed. Like it's kind of what I expect from them. The thing is, Ramstein don't have any albums that I would consider like top tier listening for me. Okay. They're one of those bands that like I would take a few songs off of every album. But there's okay. no full album that I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. My my so my thing with um, Ramstein and with most like foreign bands that uh, are singing in languages I don't speak, I don't necessarily need a direct translation of the lyrics, but I'd like a summary of what the song is about. And um, until I like get that, I just kind of like don't know what they're singing about, and I have this disconnect. You know what I mean? With some bands, it doesn't matter, but. I kind of, I kind of like knowing what Ramstein are singing about. Uh, yeah, I get that. I mean, see, I'll get, so I guess I, I, I kind of go the route of like I will look up lyric translations. So I'll look them up. But if I even just get like a the song is about this, that's fine. At least I, I have a general idea. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't, I didn't have the time to to sit down and like do that with this album. So I still don't. I don't think I did with this album either because I wasn't that concerned. Um. Jeff, close your ears. I kind of like the new Megadeth. That's unfortunate, but all right. Uh, his voice gets worse and worse every year. I understand yeah, that. Yeah, it sure does. Um, but the boy can play. The boy can play, but he's... The boy can play. He's an awful lyricist. I will die on that. Um, and his voice is terrible. I I kind of agree with you on awful lyricist, but I also think as the years go by, he's getting better. Well, he better. He's been doing it for 40-some years. He, it's It's been some practice. I understand that, but I'm what I'm saying is I don't think the, the, the lyrics on, on albums post-2000s are as cringy as they were in, like, the 80s. Well, albums, yeah, I mean, is... he's, he's gotten better. Anyway, Jeff, hit me with a new genre. I grow weary of metal. Well, not really new, but like, so three of the albums that made it into my top ten, you could call EDM. So they're just, they're just purely electronic music. Um, one of which, one of which is an album called Reborn by Kavinsky, who he. So there's just like a little backstory here. This is an album that I've been waiting for for years. Uh, this guy. He it goes, sounds like he sounds like a classical music composer. No. Uh, well, yeah, the, the name, but so the guy's name is Vincent Belorgi. Belorgi? I don't know. It's French. I don't know how he pronounces his last name. He created this character named Kavinsky, and there's this story about this character who he was he was driving his Ferrari in 1986, and he died in a car crash. And then in 2006, he was resurrected as a zombie, which officially makes Kavinsky's albums one of the few zombie stories I actually care about. Um. I say stories, like it's mostly instrumental music anyway, but hey, whatever. So so you're saying we have horror EDM now? Yeah, basically. So the I first album from 2013 is called Outrun, which pretty much defined a whole like genre of synthwave music and a whole like aesthetic. Like there's a subreddit just called Outrun. Okay. And if you look at it for three seconds, you will get the gist of what the outrun aesthetic is. It's that very like eighties pseudo futuristic uh, scan lines. Everything is neon purple, pink. It's very like cyberpunk seventy seven. Is is a very outrun looking. I was gonna say eighties cyberpunk. Yeah, it's 
it, it like there's a lot of shared borders between it and like vaporwave kind of thing. Does it sound anything like that weird Billy Idol album? Um, <laughs> you know the one. Come on, you got a problem? <laughs> I was not prepared for a Billy Idol reference. Yeah, so there's literally an album called Cyberpunk by by, by Billy, Billy Idol. Idol. Yeah. For some reason, I was picturing there was a second one, but no, I had the song "Shock to the System" stuck in my head. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah, kind of. Not not super far off. Like it, similarities. I get it. Okay. But, um, I don't hate that album. I'm okay with no, it. No, I actually love that album. But I, I, okay. But yeah, so, anyway, this guy, Kavinsky, his, like I said, the first album is literally this story about a, a guy who who is driving a Ferrari and, and, and dies in a car crash. To quote Kavinsky about the album from last year called Reborn, he said, it's about, quote, driving the car more slowly. So Outrun is this like bombastic fool. It never really leaves a second to spare of, of, of any type of silence. And Reborn is taking it down a few notches. It's very it's it's much more chill, it's a little more groovy. So where Outrun is speeding your car down a highway in a thunderstorm, Reborn is like hitting cruise control while the sun is setting. Okay. It is a great album if that's the kind of thing you're into. I was horrified for this album to come out because I have been waiting for uh, when I'm trying to think of when I actually got into Kavinsky, but like I was waiting for like six or seven years for this album. And it was like rumored to come out like two years previously or something. So the fact that it came out and I loved it was a huge relief. <laughs> it caught the COVID. No, I think it caught the, he because he like exploded releasing one album. Okay. I think there was a lot of that like what if I don't live up to expectations thing going on. Right. I mean, like I said there's a there's a an entire genre now named after the album, you know. Well, which yeah, got it a, which got its name from the arcade racing game, but still. It's a high bar though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You created something that you know, a lot of people are ripping off. You don't want to bomb on your second album. Yeah, exactly. The, so the sophomore slump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, Reborn is very, like, it's it's French house. Like, it's not far off of a lot of, like, daft punk music in a lot of ways. Okay. So, there's one of them. Um, okay. Here, let me just get the electronic shit out of the way. There's someone called Alice in Wonderland. Like, like Allison, like the name Allison. Yeah. Wonderland, yeah, like, last name, right? Okay. Like, like Alice in Hell. Yeah, so there's Alice in Wonderland released an album called Loner. So she's another like EDM artist. Unlike Stradivarius, who were overwhelmingly optimistic, Loner, as I'm sure you can imagine, is not a super optimistic album. It's pretty par for the course for what people have been releasing the past couple years. So obviously inspired by world events, and then she did say again, I quote. My life was going a certain way before something pulled everything out from under me. It left me entirely alone, and it all happened around the same time as COVID. So, I don't actually know what happened in her personal life, but apparently something did. Okay, um, yeah. So the whole album is pretty heavy, figuratively and literally. Like, on one hand, just part of her style, there's a lot of bass. Not that it's like crazy groovy funky bass it's just like everything is like deep 
in the in the register of the mix, right? Yeah. And also you got songs like Fuck You, Love You, and Cocaine, and Fear of Dying, and then of course there's a song called Loner, and it's a pretty it's a pretty heavy album. I got you. Um not not a whole lot of fun big jams on there. Okay. Yeah. And then one more, just because it's ridiculously fun. Uh, there's someone, she goes by the name Little Boots. Her name is Victoria Hesketh, I think is how she says her last name. Album is called Tomorrow's Yesterdays. And Little Boots is adorable. Any relation this... to Bootsy Collins? No. <laughs> Not at all. This is like groovy, modern, disco-y type electronic music. Okay. Like, if you would want to listen to the first like 30 seconds of a song called silver balloons you will get a feel for everything little boots does for the most part she is is this a is this another larue no not no, no not 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 quite this isn't quite okay. s- as synth poppy This album is just full of like some really awesome bass lines, and she's an adorable lyricist. And what's fun about these two, Alice in Wonderland and Little Boots, is they're not like electronic artists who just kind of sit at a computer and like mash buttons and hope for the best, which I'm convinced some of these people do. Like Alice in Wonderland was a cellist, and Little Boots was like trained as a pianist. So they they actually know what they're doing yeah. when it comes I mean, not, to, like, music theory. Not and... that, like, any of their music is, like, super complex in any way. They have a basic understanding of writing a fucking song. Yeah. I want you to watch a little bit of this video I just sent you. It's from, like, 15 years ago. It's her doing a song, and she is playing a keyboard. She has a drum machine going on, like, an iPad, and she's playing a stylophone and singing. And I think it was going to just of, like, she knows what she's doing. Like this isn't someone who's just making shit up. Like she she's 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 good at what she does. Fun. Yeah, exactly. It's fun. Fun. It's fun. I'm tired of electronica. I want to talk about metal again. I that's fine because we're in there. That's that, that's totally fine because we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna go back to electronica when you're done. So <laughs> I I planted a seed in there. Uh, I I brought up uh, a song called Alice in Hell to to reference your Allison. Yeah. Allison. Okay. So um, Annihilator is a band that we listened to a couple years ago. Yes. That's one of their songs. We didn't listen to that one. Oh, okay. I was but, like, I, okay. <clears throat> but they put out an album this year. And do you think an album can both represent um, hope and absolute disappointment at once? Yeah, I, 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 I'm, it can. Okay. I'm assuming it does. It does, absolutely. Th- I thought this album... Uh, well, first off, this album is a re-recording of a previous album that no one liked, and that's never a good sign. Oh, no! <laughs> 
they put it out the first time and no one wanted it, so they put it out again and no one still wants it. Uh, but um, my there's been a there's been a lineup change, which is something that Annihilator is fucking infamous for. Uh, they're very bad at keeping keeping lineups together. But they got um, a singer named Stu Block, who I don't know. I'm sure you've heard. Me I talk do about know the that. name. Why do I know who that is? <clears throat> well, he was in Iced Earth for a while, but we don't okay. need to talk about that because he's been in other bands, and we don't need to acknowledge that band. Stu Block is one of those singers who uh, he just has an incredible range of things he can do. And I want to send you one song, and in one minute, you will hear him do Death Growls, sort of black metal-y vocals, clean vocals, and then a, a nice Halford shriek, okay? Okay. And, and you'll either... Some people accuse him of being a little over-the-top as a vocalist, uh, which is kind of valid, but... Um, I don't know. The The idea of, of of him being an Annihilator is kind of an interesting idea for me. I don't want to send you... This is from his, from his first band, Into Eternity. Okay. Let's go. Oh, or not. Okay. That starts right away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was no intro there. You, you don't, they, they don't make you wait very much on this one. I swear to God, within a minute, you're going to hear four vocal styles. All right. Well, so far, we just got a lot of guitars. Ooh, okay. Straight up death growls. Black metal screechy. Okay. some control right okay and there's the scream i'm at 102 i'm at yeah. 102 he literally did break four like totally separate vocal styles dude yeah. it's incredible yes okay yeah. can he pull so, that off live do you have any idea he, i don't think he's quite as good at it live i've seen some videos but the problem is that when i heard him record this or like do a live version of this I can't find any videos of him live at the time because they weren't a big band at the time. And now when people are taking cell phone videos, uh, he's not – he hasn't been doing the death growls for a couple years now. Okay. So I don't know I don't know if he's completely back in shape. I have heard him do that clean and those shrieks live. So, yes, he can do those. Yeah, dude, I, dude's not messing around. Yeah. So anytime he is involved in something, I am optimistic that I will at least get a good performance out of Stu Block. And he does put on a good show here. It's just, unfortunately, not great backing music. Gotcha. Okay, that's unfortunate. All right, Jeff, tell me about some EDM. Well, no, now we're just going into uh, more just like synth wave and synth pop. I don't have a whole lot to say. Tears for Fears released a new album called The Tipping Point. It was they in sure my did. top ten. It sure okay. is a Tears for Fears album. 
Uh, sure is. <laughs> like, I, don't, I mean, have I you sure, to it? I, I skimmed through it. I don't think I listened to every track, but I, I did uh, poke around on it some. I, I don't want to waste anyone's time. It's Tears for Fears. It sounds like Tears for Fears, but older. I don't know what else to say without wasting anyone's time. Um, So, more interestingly, though, is a group, or rather, I think it's just one guy, goes by the name King Cyber Tiger. Uh, released their first album called From the Neon Dimension. I know almost nothing about this guy, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I'm in a, a group for synthwave music. I happened to just, like, get in a short conversation with this guy. He mentioned he released his first album, although he thinks his voice is weird, which his voice is kind of weird, especially for the genre. In, in a lot of synthwave music, Guys especially have these, like, high, breathy voices. I want you to listen to a moment of this track I'm sending you called Haunts Me. And I want to see if you have the same reaction I do to this guy's voice. But I see What I'm hearing, it sounds like he should be doing like goth rock or something. He, yeah, like dude, dude, dude very, could, it's like a deep, full voice. Dude could play Dracula. Yeah, um, and it's not bad. It is just very different for the genre, but that's also part of why it really stood out to me. Dude has a really cool, but like pretty unique voice. Yeah, it's very deep and thick. He doesn't sound like he's a seriously well-trained singer. Like, there's nothing on the album that's overly impressive, but his voice works really well. Um, it has a... It's just it's just a cool album. It also has a cover of the You Spin Me Right Round song, which is weird. It's not a song I particularly like, so that's a thing. Um, but this is just one of those albums that just, like, happened to cross my radar... And if I remember correctly, according to Spotify, he has 50 monthly listeners. So we're, we're talking like kind of a um, not, not exactly a well-known thing. But still, it was a cool album. I, I, I love the whole album, Asi again, aside from You Spin Me Right Round, which is just a weird song. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, earlier, we like I like made a comment about Rotten. It's always nice to like think about that early internet with Meat Spin and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, am, I, am, I embrace it. I embrace him making you listen to a cover of you speak really well. <laughs> Alright. Um, do you want to get into anything else, or should I move on to something even weirder now? Uh, that's fine. I love weird shit. I tell you what, I hate genres. That's why I like Boris. <laughs> <laughs> they put out three albums this year, and I liked one of them. And that's fine for Boris. I'm okay with that. Uh, okay. So I think I've kind of mentioned Boris to you a little bit. I think I think there's someone you might have a little bit of fun with, and then like also kind of hate sometimes because that's how I feel. They 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 go back and they they hate genres. Okay. Okay. They put out three albums this year. One was ambience, and I can I don't I can live without ambient music. You know, one was a drone album, and I I don't it doesn't do much for me. But they put out their their the third in their line of heavy rocks album. Okay. And and the. The some of the stuff on it is a little bit noise rock for me, but there's some just like fun punk inspired, uh, like garage rock inspired 
stoner rock on this. Okay. I, I expect you won't love the vocals, but, you know, that's just how things be sometimes. Sorry. fuzzy guitars okay okay so it's it's very punky but then he did that like mumble thing and i don't know what that was all about um yeah it's they're, they're a strange like band, every yeah. other line is mumbled so far they're 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 japanese that might be part of it oh okay well that would explain part of it i, I well that, i guess that, maybe that it might be like a little bit of accent or something on there too is what i'm saying This is kind of cool though. It's it's I mean again it's it's very it's very punky. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean this I'm is a band that's it. this is a band that's been around for thirty years and they do all kinds of weird shit. Oh, uh, okay, cool. So if you if you, I God, I think I I looked on here half an hour ago and I think there's more albums than there were when I looked last. Oh dear um, God, okay, okay, but like if you go to just just humor me for a second here. Uh, if you go on Spotify and you look at like their list of albums, you're gonna see uh, an album called "New Album" and an album called "Attention, Please." Okay, so I'm looking for "New Album" and "Attention, Please." Yeah. Um. I. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Entertain me by looking at the track lists for a second, and like, they look like there's they're kind of the same album, right? Oh, okay. So new album. We have Flare, Hope, Party Boy, Luna, da, da, da. Attention, Please, Attention, Please, Hope, Party Boy. Um, no, see, just like see you next week, Tokyo. Just like for the shit of it, just just listen to, to Party Boy and then go listen to the other Party Boy. It doesn't okay, really matter so what order. Starting with new album, Party Boy. We're immediately starting off with just like a four on the floor drum beat and, and some synths. Yeah. This could be a Moby song, right? Oh, not the vocals I was expecting. No, they they we, have. We, uh, got a, we got a nice lady singing at us. I think that they have. Uh, they share vocalists. Like if there's three members, and they just kind of share vocals. Very cute. Okay. But you're gonna find that the other one is kind of a different. It's like the same song, but it's like a different interpretation. Okay. I'm giving this like new because I'm just I'm just intrigued now. Yeah, Boris are interesting. Even if you don't like everything they put out there, they're, they'll keep you guessing. We got a chorus that's like kind of. We got a big chorus here, lots going on. Okay, cool. So party, uh, party boy, off of attention, please. All right, we got the drum beat, but we got a little more oomph to it this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some very heavy overdriven bass guitar. <laughs> All right. And the same vocals. I was not expecting the vocals to stay the same. <laughs> this is weird. Okay. 
Oh, that's very strange. Right? This is very strange. And this is... Okay. Okay. Okay, Boris. I don't know what you are, but okay. Oh, they got a song that's over one hour long. <laughs> they have a lot of that. Like Absolute I said, some of their stuff is like Doom and Drone and stuff, and, and some of it is that long. I just... I want to... Just real quick... Um, on Metal Archives, they have they have a page. Okay. Right? And I'm sure you've seen a Metal Archives page, but I like that their genre is various. Yeah, they obviously. Don't, they, don't have a list, they don't have a listed one, and it just goes, they are known to regularly switch musical genres between albums, uh, between psychedelic rock, punk, sludge, doom metal, drone, pop, noise, shoegaze, and ambient. So there you go. Okay, interesting. Interestingly, for the, for the most part, the same three members since 1992. Cool. So they're just an eclectic group, I guess. They're just a bunch of weirdos, and I like that about people. <laughs> I do, too. This is bizarre. Yeah. Okay, weird. Very weird. Chris, can we talk about some R&B? I would love some, to. Some neo-soul? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, Ari Lennox release an album called Age, Sex, Location, because you can guess roughly how old she is. Because ASL. she's... Because she's referencing she internet is, culture from the early 2000s. She is ASL so, years old. So, yeah. But yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, she has, like, without a doubt, like, the sexiest voice I have ever heard. Oh, baby. I do not care what she sings. I will melt. And the, she has that, that neo-soul sound. Everything's, like, very spacey. And somehow, like, muffled and low in the mix, except for her voice. It's, like, almost that lo-fi, lo-fi beat sound going on a lot of times. Yeah. It's, like, music that constantly makes you feel like you're about to fall asleep. I kind of like that. So, she has an amazing voice. However, and I had this issue with her first album, too, and this might just be the fact that I am maybe a bit of a prude or something for her. I'm a little too prudish, I guess. Um, Jeff, are you saying that you have a strong prudish opinion on something? I do. This not is that the I have first a time. It's, it's not that I have a strong prudish opinion. It's that I'm going to read some of these lyrics to you, and just looking at the fact that I have them typed up, I can feel that my face is turning red. <laughs> so we're cringing. <laughs> no, it's like embarrassing oh no uh, she 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 does not care what she says um like on her first album say butter baby there is a line that the line is literally if i pop this pussy for you tonight <laughs> we're talking that kind of thing gotcha so we're like, off mic uh we're basically letting our friend sing that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> it. Who is also um, ASO years old, probably. Yeah, pretty much. So, like, there's a song on this album called Stop By. So, first off, the song starts with, like, a, a cocked wah guitar. Like, we're going straight porn music here. <laughs> the lyrics. Everyone get ready that I'm about to read these. Oh, this is so weird. Break my spine, break the bed, and make it worthwhile. <laughs> I'm tired of playing games. Come give me what I need. No patty cake, but you can play with it. Take time with it. Stop by, baby. Undress me. 
And that's like mellow for her. <laughs> and that's just kind of awkward for me to be like jamming to in the car. And they say this generation overshares. I mean, there's there's another line out of a song, Hoodie, um, Tangled Up on Your Waist, Dreaming Up, or Dreaming of How You Taste. Ooh, baby. And I'm just like, oof. I'm moderately uncomfortable, but part of that's also why I like her music so much because it really is just like that that line of of being embarrassed by just the fact that I am who I am. I respect someone but, who gives no fucks. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, again, like on her last album, there's there's a song, uh, "New Apartment," where yeah. I'm pretty sure the one line is, <laughs> "Wave my hoo ha in the sky." Because nobody's here. <laughs> like, this is not someone who cares at all what she says. Yeah. She's just extremely blunt. But at the same time, like, she's an amazing storyteller. 100% recommend this album if you're if you're not worse than me when it comes to, like, feeling awkward with stuff like that. Fantastic album. I listened to some death metal albums uh, from 2022. Oh, and, okay. And um, specifically here, uh, the, the band Entrails, which would be death metal, and Watain, which I lied to you, is black metal. Um, yeah, okay. But I know Watain. Two good albums, two pretty good albums, but I, I, as per tradition, when I listen to one uh, black metal or uh, death metal album, I um, always mishear lyrics. Yeah. Uh, because of just because of the vocal style. So, would you like to hear some of my favorite misheard lyrics on these ones? Yes, yes, please. <clears throat> um, this one, "Slayed to a pile of flesh." This song, uh, they keep saying "fucking pile of flesh," and all I hear is "porcupine of flesh." Yeah, same thing. Okay, okay. Um, proclaimed by prophets, I heard as defiled by muppets, which I actually think is more metal. <laughs> defiled by muppets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, I believe this was on the Watain album. I heard, uh, I can feel you drawing near, but all I heard was, I can hear your drug deal. <laughs> okay, good. And then, um, the giant collapse, I heard the giant clams. So, you know. <sighs> Chris. Yeah. I don't care how long it takes. I will <laughs> eat the funnel cakes. <laughs> I just want to bring them a funnel cake. Oh, man. Starkill. <laughs> Love you. I don't care how long Love those guys. I will try the funnel cakes. I will try. I'm sorry, not I, I not eat. I will try the funnel cakes. I don't care how long it takes. I will die before So uh, in, in terms of black metal and death metal, I actually Watain put out a good album. Entrails put out a good album. Dark Funeral, I like that one. Midnight, our old friends Midnight, put out a oh, solid okay. one. Okay, 
So there was some there was some good ones, but my my extreme metal album of the year, Jeff, goes to the Foo Fighters. That was a thing, huh? So Dave Grohl and basically, uh, I believe it was either just Dave Grohl doing every instrument or it might have been the members of the Foo Fighters, but it was kind of portrayed as the members of the Foo Fighters. Yeah. Put out this album, uh, Dream Widow, which is actually a soundtrack to their movie, kind of in a way, sort of. I forgot that was a thing. I think a lot of people did because the death of Taylor Hawkins came like right after. (gasps) Yeah, it did. It was it it was a movie. It was a movie about Dave Grohl killing his bandmates, and and Taylor Hawkins died right after it came out. I think it might have still been in theaters. I think it might still been in theaters. But yeah, I think it's a really good album. It's that's it's a shame that it was it's kind of marred by that memory now. But that that's a it was a cool album. I'm sorry I made you sad. Uh, Why don't you talk about something that makes you happy? Um, I don't know about necessarily happy. The last thing I have in my basic top ten of the year, um, <laughs> I literally labeled this as the avant-garde bullshit that, of course, I liked. Yeah. So uh, this is an album called Thetis 2086 okay. uh, by Carolina Ike. It sure sounds like what you said. <laughs> it, it sure is. Um, so Carolina Ike is a vocalist and theremin player. Have you checked out yet? Are you still with me? I'm still, I actually enjoy the sound of the theremin. I hate to tell you. Okay. I mean, I I would, I don't know. Okay. Now, wait a second. I, I gotta say, I don't know what an entire album of theremin would do to me. I like a little bit of theremin on a track and it normally comes from like a prog rock album or something, but I do like a theremin. It's not just theremin, but that is, like, the thing she is. Like, she is, like, she, if you're going, like, worldwide, she is the theremin player you're going to get, basically. Like, she's, as weird as it sounds, she is, like, a virtuoso theremin player. As bizarre as that might sound to to some people. As a non-theremin um, player, it sounds very strange, but I'm sure as, the theremin players, the theremin, I'm sure, is, um unbelievably complex as someone who owns a theremin um it is damn near impossible to stay in tune let alone be a virtuoso player so so the i hope you're ready i'm gonna quote her website oh boy this is about the album carolina's intention with thetis 2086 was to highlight the beauty and fragility of the world we live in as well as to remind us to regain touch with the big picture of humanity's place in the universe. Man, with the spooky noise machine, I'm ready. This album is almost a concept album. It's like this story of uh, you have these beings from the planet Thetis 2086, and they are traveling to Earth to observe it. So, like, for example, track two is is a arrangement of Claire de Lune by Claude Debussy, which I'm sure you would recognize if you yeah. don't know it off the top of your head. <clears throat> but I would like you to listen to just a moment of this, just because it's amazing. All right, let's listen to some Debussy.
Okay, yeah, I know this one. Yeah, I knew you'd recognize it. Can I be so bold as to say that if you're a theremin player, um, you get to write, like, two concept albums, and it's either Aliens or Ghosts? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's extremely accurate. I don't think you can get away with playing theremin and not also be into that kind of thing. Okay, so this was only track two. This is, like, the beginning of the album. Just a quick rundown of what happens here. Uh, Claire de Lune. Luna, you know, obviously this is the moon. So this is the beings from Thetis 2086. They're arriving at the moon, and they're heading towards Earth. And then the rest of the album continues explaining their journey as they come up to Earth, and they come in to explore, and they go through canyons and valleys and look at mountains and check out the oceans. And a lot of the music is, like, synthesizers and electronic uh, there's obviously theremin everywhere. There's like theremin like loops to make it give it that just like kind of sound going on. Like it's very spacey and atmospheric and weird, and it's just incredible. And then the album ends. I am not a fan of the show Doctor Who by any stretch of the imagination, but this album ends with a new arrangement of the theme from Doctor Who, which is cool because I don't know if you know anything about this. The theme from Doctor Who is, is probably more interesting than anything else the show ever did. So, the original show, the theme for the original show predates, like, synthesized music, but they still managed to get this, like, super futuristic spacey sound. They literally just, like, took short recordings of other instruments and just, like, mixed them all together and like maybe turned things backwards like it was just all edited to sound not like any natural instrument and it's right. just a really it's a really cool sound it's a really well done theme so i think of course it, it seemed extremely fitting that a concept album about beings visiting earth ends with a modern primarily theremin take on the doctor who theme a great ending to an album that's kind of interesting that it it predates synthesized music yeah you, on it here here hold on i i absolutely believe you i'm just like you, now wondering like what what do you know what like the first song with synthesizer was or? uh first not necessarily like it, i mean we're, we're talking like i mean so like technically synthesizers existed beforehand but they weren't anywhere you know so the doctor who theme was from 1963 we we were a few years away before synthesizers were calm. a thing that anyone actually used. Because yeah. you figure back then, even in like the like the seventies, if you know who Wendy Carlos is, she like did the soundtrack to like a Clockwork Orange. She's like one of the big names in synthesizer music. Even in the seventies, you know, synthesizers were instruments that took up a room. Right? Like they were like you were plugging cables into different modules kind of thing. And that was in like the seventies, so because I I am seeing I am seeing like there's there was like a, a, oh this song from the thirties, but it's like not like how we think of a synthesizer, and like this song from the sixties was like in early use. So okay, yeah. but so it's, it looks like around sixty seven is when they started get being used commercially. Yeah, we're looking like late sixties into seventy when electronic music was becoming a thing that was actually a, like accessible even to people who were wealthy and capable of getting it. It wasn't until, like, the late 70s that synthesizers were a thing that, like, the average amateur or professional musician could own. Interesting. Okay. So, 
Doctor Who predates like synth music as as we know it. I, I I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but I gotta give it credit no, for running that I'm, fucking long. I'm not a Doctor Who fan either, but I give it credit for having an interesting theme. Um, so that's my that's my basic top ten albums. See, here's the thing: is that I have I have barely even gone to like all of all of my uh, positive ones, I guess. But okay, that's fine. I mean, like I said, I knew I did a top ten. I knew yeah. you didn't necessarily follow the same format I did. Uh, yeah. I have a few like honorable mentions. And the, the problem is, that. is that I don't think I ha- I have a clear number one and like maybe a number two, and the rest are I, I would have a hard time ranking them. I just had albums that I liked and albums that I didn't. So I'll just I'll run through some of the albums that I liked, I guess. Okay. Um, and then I'll just I'll just kind of save the best for last here. And then are we going into things that suck or what? Um, we can if that's how you want to do it. Yeah, but uh, the new Devin Townsend I really liked. Um, Poppy put out an EP that was pretty good. Did you ever end up listening to the new Mountain Goats? I did. It's it's. It's good. good. It's yeah. not among my favorites of any sort, but like it's it's fine. I do appreciate it. It went in a little bit more of a rock direction. I like that. Did you listen to the new Ghost? Uh, that's in my list of albums that sucked. Oh really? Oh, not yeah. that I'm not that I'm shocked. I just i i put it. I would put it in mid rather than sucked. Oh, it's but, no, it's embarrassing. But but God damn, his twenties like the worst song ever. God damn it. Impera, impera. I don't know how they're saying it. Yeah, is. It, I mean, it, it's not just, like, the worst music they've ever put out. Like, it's just genuinely not good. Okay, go for it. It is, it is embarrassing. I don't have much to say. It's just embarrassing. Okay. So there's this thing, right? And I, I use the show Babylon 5 as my example all the time. Okay. They had a story. They had a story written out, and they wrote their story, and they turned their story into a show, and then they fucking stopped because they told their story, right? Yeah. You call it quits. You have a thing, you do the thing, and you end the thing. And if you want to do something else, you move on and do something else. Ghost had two and a half albums worth of things that I think fit what they were supposed to be, and now they're doing that thing where Fox keeps going hey family guy you want to do season 45 and they go not really we killed brian to make us stop having to make this show and fox says keep making money and they say okay and that's what ghost is right now that's fair that's fair there is not a single song on this album i ever want to listen to again and 20s is just embarrassingly bad yeah that's a it is so it is so kitschy, not catchy, kitschy. I love the hate in your voice when you say it. Oh my god! Well, just, they are so frustrating to me because I loved them. Yeah, for years. God, it sucks, doesn't it? And then they just became such complete garbage. Oh, they're infuriating. You know yeah, what so wasn't did, garbage? So don't worry, I did listen to the new Ghost album, and it's not good. You know it was what not wasn't garbage. garbage was the new Blind Guardian, though. Yeah, it's 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 good. I actually really obviously like it. I, didn't make my I, top ten, but it's good. I I like that they I kind of like that they dialed back the synths on it and went in a more uh, heavy metal direction. It was a very cool album for me. Yeah, it's it's a little more like straight ahead for them, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's heavy. It's very heavy. It's heavy. New Sabaton's not bad. I didn't think. Um, oh, uh, someone that we talked about on this incarnation of the podcast. Okay. Do you remember when we were talking about? Uh, People who created stage personas and, like, the, some of the first people to do it. Yeah. Arthur Brown, still going strong, put out two albums this year. 
No kidding. Yeah, one is a cover album. Um, okay, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I don't recognize all of them, but I do know, you know, uh, Lucifer Sam, uh, Whistling Past the Graveyard, and I'm kind of like, it, I, th- I think I recognize Bucket of Blood. So I'm like looking and I'm thinking most of this is probably a cover album here. Um, Long Long Road, if you're into prog rock, which I know is not like your favorite genre though, but might be like one of my favorite albums by him. Oh, okay. So uh, that that was a pretty cool one. Um, one of my favorite death metal bands, The Chasm, put out a really fucking solid album last year. Okay. And then we have my album of the year. Cool. What is it? Hammers of Misfortune, which I did not fucking expect. Wow. Okay. Because Hammers of Misfortune, have we talked about them? Have I talked yes. to you about them? Do you know? Yes. Have you listened to them? No, I don't think so. Okay. So Hammers of Misfortune started off as a side project of Slavbeg. Okay. Uh, it started off with, with two of the members plus like a couple other people who were in bands around the area and it kind of started off as a super group. Um, and their first three albums for me are like fucking incredible. And then they put out three albums or depending on how you look at them, cause one's a double album. That's also kind of considered two albums. It's bullshit. I, I didn't care for them that much. I, I thought the singer that they got was kind of unimpressive. I, I think he sounds like, um, an even... It's like a boring David Bowie, okay? That's not impressive. All right. No, but I think, especially the bastard, I think now that you have more of an appreciation for black metal, uh, is something that you might be interested in. Okay. But this album that they put out called overtaker, holy shit. It is just the strangest black combination of between like extreme black metal and seventies prog rock. Um, and Mike Scholes, he's back on a couple songs. That's just, one of the things that I don't think that you might not like is that you, you talk about riff salad and they go through a lot of like different like riffs on songs. And I, I know that's not necessarily your thing, but um, I'm going to send you this one because this is one of the two songs that Mike's on vocally. Okay. The, I don't know. This whole album is just such a fucking trip for me. Like every, I, I, I talked, I've talked about this before with other people when I'm in the car and I have like their albums on. Every time there's, like, a lull in a conversation, it could be, like, a different song. But I don't mean that in a bad way, in, like, a there's no flow to this way. You know what I mean? Okay. These are some weird vocals. That's the girl that they have singing now. That she was actually she's a former member who came back. Huh. This is a little too proggy for me. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, you're, yeah, you're definitely not wrong there. They have a little too much of that, just like, just here's guitar licks going on in a bunch of stupid arpeggios because we can. But like, it's not, it's not all like that. There's just these moments of like, right. eh, this is stupid. Okay, that's a thing. Weird. It's just a very strange album, but it's just, uh, I don't know, it just like doesn't stop hitting you, but it's still melodic. I don't know, I really, I really dug this one, and that was a surprise for me, for them. Okay. Um, but The Bastard is an album I think you'd be interested in. Uh, it's not quite so, it's not prog in the same way. It's prog in the way it like mixes genres, um, but a lot of the songs are much more cut and concise. Okay, that's I, I'm a lot more into that. That's fine. Yeah. The longest song on this one is, aside from the 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 ending song, which is like nine minutes, the longest song is like six and a half minutes or something like that. Okay, but um, I I appreciate. I'm gonna send you the dragon is summoned. This is another one where they have. I think she has a different a different girl vocalist, but it mixes. Uh, I would say like black metal, doom metal, and folk. And this might be, like, one of the more diverse songs on the album, but it kind of gives you a feel of, like, what the album's going to be like. There, It is a story, which is, I know, another one of your favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. But the other thing is that while this one mixes genres, it has, like, certain licks that it goes back to. It's kind of like how there's, like, one riff in, like, Pink Floyd's The Wall that they always go back that, to. That keeps coming back. You yeah. have, like, a theme. Yeah. Here, going to be real tall. You have a light motif. A light motif. This is this is significantly more enjoyable. I kind of figured. It's not pretending to be anything that's not meant to. This is just this is just much more enjoyable. I think this is an album you should check out. I will have to. I will throw them on my albums to moisten to list. Don't judge me. Yeah, it's a typo. It's fine. It's fine. I, you've told me about the list of albums to moisten to. But you'll hear it goes it goes through this intense extreme metal, then it goes kind of folky for a second before going into a little bit doomier, and then it brings it okay. back. You got you got what do you got next? Where are you? Um, no, that was it. Oh, okay. You don't um, have to like it, but it was my album of the year. Fuck you. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, I was I was waiting if there was... Oh, that's right. That was your album of the year. Wow. I was thinking that was just like one of your, like, meh no, albums. No, I, um, I, I, I like that one. I don't care what you think. Are we, we going to get into albums that sucked? We can get into albums that sucked. I can always fucking talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Okay. See, I don't want to talk about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Um, but just in case anyone was curious, they released two albums, and um, they're both dog shit. So, surprise, the Red Hot Chili Peppers aren't good. So, you, but, okay, you've always, you've always had a consistent hatred for the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I have consistently hated them for about 20 years. Right. I, I feel like they were, every they were year... really, they were really great when I was 10 years old in the <laughs> late 90s, sitting in the backseat of the car and, and, you know, like, other side came on the yeah. radio. Um, they've, they've been garbage ever since. I think that they were a best of band for me up until, uh, as I, so a friend of mine, uh, actually 
posted this earlier and I feel like I relate to it. He just posted, I feel like I just woke up one day and started detesting the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> and, and I posted, I think I kind of used to like them, but I think I've hated them ev- more every year since Danny California. Like, what the fuck does getting born in the state of Mississippi even mean? <laughs> is that, is that the... What song is standing in line to see the show tonight and there's a light on, right? What's yeah, that that's song? not, that's a different song. Okay, so that's, that's when I started hating them. When he does that part where he's like, Rinshaw, Volta, Cashback, Dogball. Dog, dog like, the, the fuck is he, just stop, just stop. That is when I started hating them. Like, okay. right there, I went from like, oh yeah, the Red Hot Chili Peppers are like kind of cool, to like, what the actual fuck is this? Is that that's what, by the way? Happening? I think is the name of that. Ah, song. that is it. That's the song by the way. Yeah. Um. And I've I have not liked them since. Danny California is the one that is um Last Dance with Mary Jane. There's no but. The yeah. Baseline is just last <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Yeah. It is. You're okay. And and, that's and I feel like maybe getting born in the state of Mississippi is a stupid line because they didn't want to say the same thing as fucking started off the Last Dance with Mary Jane, isn't it? Yeah. Also. She it's, was born in the state of whatever. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, I can't, so, I can't, I can't remember much of this album. I remember not liking it. Um, but all I wrote was "Reach Out" is one of the worst songs I've ever fucking heard. That's all I wrote. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that song sounds like. I cut it from my memory, but uh, apparently, you should all know. I'll put a clip right here. Reach Out is one of the worst songs I've ever fucking heard in my life. Well, well, wait, because that's off the album Return of the Dream Canteen. Yeah. Did you listen to Unlimited Love? Because they released two albums. I am aware, and I, f- I think I listened to both, and the only thing I remember is really hating one song. They are also both like an hour and 15-ish minutes long. Like, they released yeah. a long movie worth of bad music. The only thing I can say is that there were a few flea bass lines that I thought were okay because there's always a few. There's always a few flea bass. I mean, there's always like bits and pieces of music that are good. That doesn't make it good songs or good music. I know. I just they're awful. I want to be nice to Flea because I kind of like him. I do kind of like him. There's there's something about Flea where I can't hate that guy that much. I like Flea, but the band sucks. The Red Hot Chili Peppers sucks. No, you know what else? No, you know what else sucks? An album called "Love Sucks" by Avril Lavigne. That's what sucks. Oh no! I know that the lore with you and Avril Lavigne. This is sad for me. For the record, Avril Lavigne is like one of my favorite artists of all time. I love Avril Lavigne. Her past two albums have not been good. You defended Hello Kitty, and you don't like this. Head above water. I did. I know, right? Head above water from 2019 is just like a meh album. And Love Sucks is Avril Lavigne going back to, um, going back to like her pop punk roots. If by pop punk we mean it features Machine Gun Kelly and Mark Hoppus. Oh no! Like it is that level of like this is just like this is this is the realm of pop punk that I've always hated. Did she make toilet humor jokes with Mark Hoppus? 
No, <laughs> but yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just shit. It's just completely unmemorable and it's just bad. It's frustrating. I still love her, but it, it's you know bad. what? Everyone bad gets albums. a bad one. Well, she's had two, and that's she's okay. That's she's allowed. If if she goes down with only having that her you know, her first few albums are great, then I am okay with that. Like I can live with that. I can be that guy who's like back in my day, Avril Lavigne was good. I think a lot of people would debate that, but you know what? I'm allowing you to have that opinion. That's fine, Chris. What else sucks? I don't. I don't even want to review it. I just want. I just want this to be a public service announcement that I hope reaches Billy Corgan's ears. <laughs> oh, okay. You're not that fucking important, dude. <laughs> I know that you consider yourself the voice of a generation. I know that you, every time put out an album and it gets B's and C's, you feel like you should be getting A's. This is Man. the most fucking mid-album I've ever heard in my fucking life. He sure thinks a lot of himself. <laughs> Look, you know, Siamese Dream was good. I think Mayonnaise is an underrated song, dude, but you just gotta fucking it, just accept the fact that, like, your best period was, like, doing some grunge and, like, stop trying to write these fucking garbage-ass concept albums that no one wants to hear with, like, 500 tracks. This was only Act 1. Act is coming out this year, and I'm gonna listen to it, and I'm gonna let you know again that I fucking hate you at the end of next year. I, I, I want to like, like, I want to give Billy Corgan the benefit of the doubt. I really do. I try so hard. I watched, he did an interview with a guy named Rick Beato on YouTube and I watched this interview and I'm just like, oh, this like act might be really good because Billy Corgan is like well-spoken, but he's well-spoken, but he keeps patting himself on the back. He's an idiot. He's an asshole and an idiot. I hate it so much because I don't want to hate Billy Corgan. Oh no. I I've... want, I want it to be one of those ones that, like, no, people overblow it. Like, no, they don't. No, he when he really when... is that full of himself. He like went on a tirade about how Nirvana stole his guitar tone. When he put out that interview that was like, oh, people don't want to admit that I put out perfect albums and they want to give me middling reviews, but they won't accept that I'm fucking... Shut the fuck up, dude. It's and then so this asshole goes on Alex Jones, which I don't want to get into, but fuck him. It's so frustrating. You know what else You know what else sucked? Uh, so, mind you, I was never, like, a big fan, but Panic at the Disco. Right. Right? So Panic at the Disco released, like, three or four, like, pretty meh, not my kind of music, like, pop-punky albums. Yeah. Okay? And then, in 2016, they released this incredible masterpiece of, like, of, like, grandiose rock music called Death of a Bachelor. Mm -hmm. That album is absolutely phenomenal, and it made me realize that that Brendan Urie is a phenomenal vocalist, okay? And then they released an album called Pray for the Wicked, which is like, okay, it got a little less rocky, a little more straight poppy, has songs like High Hopes, which is like a fine song. Um, and then in 2022, they released whatever the actual fuck Viva Lost Vengeance is, which I know... According to some people, I complain about, like, the mix of an album too much. But there is... This whole album feels like it was compressed to hell and back. It is oh. all just a flat level of trying to be queen, I guess. Right. Is it loudness war shit, or is it just bad? It's just bad. It's just okay. flat, I guess. And it just sounds like it's... But, like... But, like... 
orchestrationally wise, it sounds like it's trying to be Queen, and it's just not good. And honestly, I give him credit, if nothing else, that he is calling it quits to go be with his family. You go, dude. Can we just please stop saying that Panic at the Disco broke up? It has been a one-man band for like a decade. But uh, not going out on a high note. Panic at the Disco is going out like garbage. From the dirt to the dirt. From the dirt to the dirt. Um, I would like to thank Fred Durst for making <laughs> for making an album where I can just say the name of the album and it will be the review because no he put out Limp Biscuit still sucks this year. <laughs> Wait, really? Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> Fred, no, no sentence should ever start with "I would like to thank Fred Durst." <laughs> like to thank Fred Nurse for putting out an album called Still Sucks because but Limp Bizkit does accurate. in fact still suck. He Man. saved me a lot of work. I don't I don't think anything else offended me that bad this year. I think yeah. the problem the problem is, is is that there was just a lot of albums that were put out by bands that did what they do well and I got what I expected and wasn't blown away you know what i mean there were solid albums put out by solid bands but although okay real quick wolf right real quick yeah um the new album shadowlands um the opening track dust i think it is okay tell me if you can find the raining blood riff you okay it happened within two seconds (laughs) It's, it's, yeah, oh my god. Oh, Wolf. <laughs> it's a fun album, I just, that, that was funny to me. You know what, it's it's still a fun album, and they have great album covers. They're doing fine. Yeah, I, I do like me some Wolf. Anyways. Um, so, alright, we covered the albums that suck. I'm just sort of like browsing through Can we get into albums that were just disappointing? Like, not bad, but just like, I, I was hoping for better. Oh, okay, just like the... <sighs> Yeah. Of music. Yeah. The musical, so, uh, the musical Le Sai. Yeah. So Mark Tremonti, guitar player from Creed and Alter Bridge, and he has a phenomenal solo project as well, if you're into that kind of music, like the, the heavy alternative butt rock kind of thing, right? He released an album for charity called Mark Tremonti Sings Frank Sinatra. Um, it is Mark Tremonti singing Frank Sinatra songs. It is 14 of the biggest Frank Sinatra songs. You, I've got you under my skin. I've got the world on a string. Fly me to the moon. Wave. Luck be a lady. That that sort of thing. Yeah, it's surprisingly good. He has a a better voice for that kind of music than I thought, but it does absolutely nothing interesting. Okay. Now, in all fairness, this was an album made to raise money for a charity. This was not an album released for people who actively listen to a lot of jazz. I'm not the target audience for this album, but still like hearing it, I thought like, I was hoping just at least for like one or two real, like out of nowhere, Frank Sinatra songs. And we just didn't get it. So again, it's good. It's enjoyable. I I mean, I don't know why anyone would listen to this over any other recording of these songs, but like, cool, weird. Um, While we're in that same realm, Michael Buble, another adult contemporary crooner style singer released an album called higher. It's totally fine. It is absolutely just 
fine. His recording of a night in Bur- a nightingale saying in Berkeley Square is is particularly good. I, I like his recording of Smile. Uh, it's fine. It exists. It did a thing. And then most disappointingly, he's a new band called Shadow Academy. Oh no! So okay, so I was gonna say, do you have thoughts on Shadow Academy? I didn't think it was bad. But no, yeah, I don't think I it's can, bad. I can understand disappointing, but I actually. I gotta say, it had to become kind of disappointing because I forgot to even put it on the playlist. I remember listening to it a couple times. Oh, wow, okay. So, Shadow Academy, just to specify here, is fronted by Daniel Avedan, who is a member of the YouTube comedy Let's Players Game Grumps. He is also a singer in a comedy rock band called Ninja Sex Party. Well, we've talked he about did a, we've talked yeah, about we've talked, their album he, he, on Super Guitar Brothers. Yeah, he did he did an album with the Super Guitar Brothers that's like all acoustic music. He's a great singer, he's a great personality, he seems just like a super cool dude. He recorded like a pretty heavy rock album. Yeah. Um called under the band name Shadow Academy and it's fine. Yeah, I remember it's liking fine. White Whale when it's it came fine. out and but yeah, the rest of the the whole album is just fine. It's just fine. It really just didn't do anything for me. That being said, he is back in the studio recording a new album with with Sky Sky Hill, Hill, which I am super excited about. Sky Hill being a band he was in in the mid-2000s before he was famous for any reason at all. He was like early 20s, just out of a bad relationship, you know. And and Sky Hill has then released, like, like... here, randomly, 12 years later, have a single. And it's basically just him and Peter something is the other guy's name. Drawing a blank on his name right now. Two, two singles, um, but within a couple years of each other. Yeah, but like, Sky Hill is just a phenomenal band. I really love their style, so I'm super excited for that. Shadow Academy just didn't just didn't do anything for me. Uh, I, I, I actually kind of feel bad because I forgot about that one. That was an album I listened to a couple – I remember I listened to a couple times, and um, I, it ended up not even on the playlist. And uh, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess after a couple listens, it kind of just fell through the cracks. Yeah. Any other any other meh albums Oh, I'm just going to say words that you're not going to give a shit about because Primus put out a three-song EP. And, uh, yep, two, 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 you're right. Two of the songs were okay, and one felt like two different songs stitched together for way too long and getting – more political than I care for it to be. So, uh, they sure did. I'm glad that Les Claypool's still going. You don't have to like him, but I think he's an incredible bassist. I think he's got some good songs. I think the man's talented. Just, my God, I, I, I hate his voice and I don't like his lyrics. Uh, you're just you're just not going to win. You're, he's just not going to no, win. I got you. I got you. Uh, but, I, I mean, other than that, I, I, dis- I, I don't know that I was super disappointed by anything. I think a lot of things just kind of were what I expected and it was fine. Yeah, no, I mean, we got the albums that sucked out of the way. There were a lot of albums that just existed. Like, you remember, do you remember Pine Grove? We listened to Pine Grove I was a about to say ago. that. I was, I was about to say I listened to that one, and it didn't sound bad. I gotta say, I only have one other album to compare it to. Yeah. So, it so... being the second best album that I've listened to by them isn't the highest <laughs> in... bar to yes. get over. Maybe in, their in... other ones are better. In 2020, we listened to Mary Gold, which was their new album at the time, which was like a really important album for them because it came after a lot of uh a lot of controversy among them and some like relationship and drug abuse and alcohol issues. So it's a really really incredible album. So then this year they released 1111 and it's just okay. It was fine. 
I will still probably see them the next time they come into town, but like nothing really stood out. It didn't, especially, I think the big thing is the fact that I think Mary Gold was like, not the whole album was amazing, but the songs on it that I really like, I really like. So it's just, you know, I think it's just a letdown compared to that. I can agree with that. I kind of like the opener for this one, and then the rest of the album was kind of like a little bit more rock. Yeah. And um, I think I just kind of wanted Sad Boy Indie from them. And it was and a little less Sad Boy rock. Yeah. When I when I want when I want my sad boy indie, I don't want them to get too happy, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah. again, in 2020, they were coming out of some issues. Yeah. Um, some other meh albums. We got three albums from at least one of the same people. So Sonata Arctica released two acoustic albums yeah, called Acoustic did. Adventures Volume One and Two. It is just acoustic renditions of a lot of their older songs, and they are fine. <laughs> It's fine. Most of them they are, are fine. fine. Some of them they suck. do. There's this thing that I hate, though. I hate when you take a metal song, right, that has like a fast, heavy guitar riff, and then you just play that riff note for note on an acoustic guitar. The acoustic guitar doesn't have all the electronic sonic sound to fill the space. So you're taking a a heavy, thick, full sound, and you're numbing it down to just what a single steel wire is capable of pushing out right and there's a lot of that on these two albums um they're both in they, they both have a couple songs it's like i really like this version of this song i think tony's voice actually sounds pretty good he obviously does not have the range he used to but i think he, he still sounds, sounds good he sounds healthy yeah. he sounds good he has a great tone to his voice but he did lose the grit and the range. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being picky, but man, I I don't like when I don't like the fact that they it, it, at the very least did this with Victoria's Secret, maybe a couple songs, but uh, they made the acoustic version. They just like cut verses out for no reason. I don't think I even noticed. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, you're right. They 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 cut out like the entire I think first verse or something. Like they didn't. I don't know if maybe he didn't want to reference cutting again. Closing the wounds with a knife or whatever. I wow, I didn't even catch that. But uh, it's just like I don't know. It just kind of ruins the integrity of the song to like trunicate it that way. I don't know yeah. if you're being picky, but um, that that kind of thing always annoys me when they do like an incomplete acoustic version. Yeah, I agree. So coming off the heels of two acoustic albums by Sonata Arctica, their guitar player Elias Vilgenin released an album of acoustic instrumental music called acoustic intelligence okay and um so i sent it to mr and in his words after he listened to it for like probably five minutes he said i'll be honest quite frankly if i have to hear one more person slap their guitar to pretend it's a drum again i'm gonna shoot something <laughs> um and it's just a lot of that. It's a lot of that, like, that nails hitting the string, pretending it's a drum yeah. thing. It's just very tinny. It's very clicky. And it's just, like, really generic sounding. The man is a phenomenal guitar player. But his solo instrumental albums are frequently underwhelming. Um, I really like his one from 2003. It was his first album, I believe, called Taking the Lead. And then everything since then, like, he's released three other electric albums since then and it's just 
just they're just un unoriginal and uninteresting. It's like here's a super boring backing track, and I'm gonna play some melodic lines and then shred over it for a minute. Rinse, lather, repeat for 14 songs. It's a shame we haven't heard more from Yanni. I mean, he he's he's definitely done some stuff. Yeah, hasn't done anything lately, has he? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the band that released an album just a couple years ago. Um, because yeah, first off, he released a solo album last year. If you remember this, oh, did he? Are you aware of this? Maybe I missed this one. So he he oh released... he put out a solo album last year. Wow, yeah. look at that. He also is um a songwriter on a couple albums on, or a couple songs on Survive by Stradivarius. Yeah. He was his solo album with... any good? It's all right. It's not okay. great, but it's all right. It's his writing. He's it didn't never make been your list, I understand. He's, but... he's a great riff writer. He's a phenomenal soloist. He's not a great songwriter though. I think he's great at contributing to songs. I think he always needs someone else to kind of pull him in. I think the last thing I heard from him was Storm Crow by Kane's Offering, so I, I don't know what oh, he's been doing. Oh, okay, so you missed, like, he did The Dark Element, who have two albums, and he's in Insomnium, Whoa! who have an album called... I just Ins- saw that! Hit the fucking brakes! He's in Insomnium now? Dude, Heart Like a Grave is such a good album. Holy shit! Do you, did you really not know this? I didn't know this at all! Oh, they're putting out another one this year. Oh, we're gonna get to talk about Insomnium. I cannot believe it. Oh my god, yeah. So he's in he's in Insomnium now. And like oh, he does, fuck. he shares vocals and like the guitar playing is so obviously him. Oh my god, it's so cool to hear him again. Okay, I gotta check out the newest Insomnium. I I liked Insomnium before he joined. And I didn't know he joined. So now he I'm sure very did. excited for this. Holy he shit. sure did. Oh. Sorry, do you have anything else, or can I go off on a little tangent here? Please, go off on a tangent. I'm staring at this Insomnium album, waiting for this thing to end so I can listen to it. Not a whole lot. I just have a little, <laughs> just a little bit joking. to wrap up here. No, I'm I just have joking. a little bit to wrap up here. Uh, there's a few albums that were originally in my top ten. They got bumped? They got bumped because I feel like they shouldn't qualify for two reasons. They are either tribute albums, so they are entirely covers, okay, or they are live albums. And I feel like that's unfair to put that up against new material. No, I agree with that completely. So, for example, Beth Hart, who is like a blues a blues person, she did a tribute to Led Zeppelin. Like, no shit, that's gonna be in my top ten. Yeah. It's a well-done Led Zeppelin tribute album. Like, yes, I'm going to like this. I'm a boomer. I know. Um, it's phenomenal. But, like, of course it's gonna be my top ten. So that's not fair. Okay, so then we also had She and Him. So this is Zoe Deschanel's, like, indie folk music group. She right. and Him released an album called Melt Away, a tribute to Brian Wilson. Who's so the like, Uh, uh, oh my god, I always forget his name. I think his last name is Ward. M. Ward. I'm assuming his first name is, like, Mike or Matthew. M. Ward. Okay. I always want to say his name is M. Ward, but then it makes me think of M. Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. that, that's not right. That can't so be it's, real. So it's She and Him doing music by Brian Wilson. As I have harped on enough, Brian Wilson was a genius. Yeah. So, of course, I'm going to like Zoe Deschanel singing Brian Wilson's songs. Also, yeah, what a fucking not, shock. Not fair to put that in my top ten. It's a phenomenal album. Not fair to put in my top ten. And then we have two live albums. One, which 
is again, we're going back to old dudes rocking, except this isn't old dudes rocking because this is the Allman Brothers band recorded in 1971. What's especially fun about this album? Young dudes rocking a long time ago. Is it was recorded in Pittsburgh. Ooh. Pittsburgh, PA, 1971. We don't get a lot of that. It's like that, the doors, and that's kind I of I have it. a handful of albums that were recorded live in Pittsburgh, especially in like the, the 60s and 70s. And yeah, this is just another one. It's a new release, and it's very, very good. The Doors is the big one, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's that, which again, like, of course I'm going to like this. It's like Southern Blues Rock recorded live in Pittsburgh. Like, that's perfect. Um, and then another live album is by Miley Cyrus. It's called Attention, Miley Live. And it's a lot of covers. <laughs> so, like, Miley Cyrus has a phenomenal voice. I love her voice. So it's Miley Cyrus singing, like, Jolene and Like a Prayer and a Heart of Glass. So it's like 80s pop. It's a lot of, I, I think literally what happens, I think she sort of like asked on like social media, like, hey, everybody, what would you like to hear? And it's basically that. Okay. So it's just a phenomenal live album if you like Miley's voice. And if you, especially what I love is I love hearing her sing songs from like, when she was significantly younger and her voice was very different. Like, I don't know if you if you are aware of, like, Party in the USA and how her voice sounded back when that song was recorded versus how her voice Party sounds now. Okay, but, like, are you aware of the difference in her voice? Mm, not really, no. Because it, it is, like, it, it is honestly crazy to realize it's the same person and it's just really funny to me. Did she ever end up putting out the metal album she wanted to make? Uh, not that I am aware of, no. She did release a cover of Nothing Else Matters, but I feel like it's a thing that will happen still. Yeah, I mean, that that was part of the Metallica, like, box set thing, where, yes. like, a shitload of artists did that. I would honestly be interested to hear, because I know that she's one of those people who is, like, actually kind of into metal. Yeah. I would be interested to hear what she puts out. I would yeah. listen to it. I would love to hear her sing, like... Ew. From what I understood, it was, like, original music. Yeah, but I'd love to hear her sing, like, bluesy influence, dark, yeah, dark, like, hard rock, heavy metal. The stuff that, like, I want James Hetfield to record, too. Yeah. Um, I think she'd be phenomenal for it. But yeah, no, so that has not happened. I'm still hoping it will happen. I think someday you gotta, you gotta poke back through the load albums, because there is some of that on there. There's just a bunch of shit on there, too. Yeah. Yeah, um... So that's, those are my, those were originally in my top ten, and I bumped them because they felt unfair. I always kind of avoid, I, whenever I talk about like albums of the year, I kind of always avoid live albums and like cover albums and compilations. Unless, I guess maybe if it's a, like a series of traditional covers or something that like, yeah. has their own take on it. But like, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't justify, this thing is probably something that I would have liked to begin with. Uh, you know. Oh, and then one more just, like, notable but, like, doesn't really mean anything to me album is um, a group called Kino. They were, like, a Soviet-era band. So it's it's all in Russian. They're, they're like, a dark pop rock kind of thing. Um, like, they wouldn't have been super far off of, like, somewhere between The Smiths, The Cure, and Depeche Mode kind of thing, right? So... Um, their their singer Victor Tsoi died very young in the early '90s, 
and they obviously haven't really done anything. Uh, so Kino released a new album last year called 1222, oddly. It's their first album in 31 years, kind of. It's one of those ones where it's like re-recorded versions of songs and then like previously unreleased like live recordings of songs. It's fine, but it's one of those ones that just makes me go, why? What, what, like, did someone actually ask for this? I'm not. I'm not there. I don't really know. Maybe this is a thing people really wanted. But I. It sure sounds didn't. like more like tying up loose ends than anything. Yeah, it's it's strange. I guess okay. if nothing else, but it exists. It's just a thing that exists. Okay. Otherwise, so I'm just looking at my my playlist of albums from last year, and there's just a lot. Like, I have nothing to say about. Yeah, that was uh, Michael Romeo. Michael Romeo released an album. It's okay. Placebo yeah. released an album. I don't even remember this, although I know I listened to it. Um, Master Castle released an album. I like Master Castle. Guess what? It sounds like Master Castle. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of that. Shocker. It's, surprise. Master Castle sound like super generic, like uh, super do, generic power you metal. Do, you do, you you have picked like one of the most generic power metal bands. I do just I, like I connected them, with though. them because they have a female vocalist, perhaps. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's part of it. I was in the mood for finding someone else who does that. There, I do like the. You know the, what the, I think is interesting, and maybe it's because I've been it's been a while since I listened yeah. to Master Castle. But I will say that a lot of times when the when the when you get the female vocalist in metal, it goes symphonic, and uh, they're a little bit more power metal with a female vocalist than symphonic, yeah. which I do well, kind of dig. One thing I really like about Master Castle that I do good. think they do stand out is the guitar riffs are very classic rock sounding, but with like yeah. a power metal tone. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Like, I feel like you could strip their songs down very easily into the style of like 70s White Snake. And yeah. I think they'd still be like, functionally the same songs. Um, so there's just like a songwriting did, style that, that I really like coming from Did them. you find them through me? I'm sure, probably. I love the fact that I found them through just like a random Facebook ad, like back when Facebook wasn't as garbage as it is today, where you can't look up cattle decapitation tour dates without being <laughs> warned about the images you might see. Oh my god. 